to WTC 178 then, after all the great information I've given you. This, is, uh, this one is subtitled Character Assassination. And uh, this is, of course, Modus, Crown Prince of Charisma. I am with, as always, the Chief Defender of the Faith. And, hell, the King of the Casters. The Mr. King of Brett. the Casters. The King of the Casters, Mr. Brett Podcast. I mean, as long as it's not like the kind of casters where it's like on the, you know, at the the wheels on furniture kind of thing. That's that. You know, be I really didn't really even thing. know you fish fish Brad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that. And too. to receive quite a award like that, I thought I'd known you long enough that I would have seen some evidence of uh, of your prominence in that area. That's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on all those fishing shows, right? You know. And that, of course, everybody is uh, is the uh, man with no nickname, Chris Pesty, that uh, you were hearing there, uh, making jokes about fish. And uh, I'm telling you, you can't, uh, uh, you can always, you can't, you can't tune a piano, but you can. No, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What what the hell? We're so, off to a swimming start so far. We are off to a swimming start, and, and you know what? This is a uh, another loose show. So this one is called WTC. It's one seventy eight uh, character assassination. The, the reason why this one is going on is because we had uh, previously had tried to have uh, when a few weeks ago we announced we were going to have uh, Paris Collins on uh, artists who worked on Blue Devil and Blue Beetle and and uh, such and unfortunately it fell through and last minute we scrambled we put together a show and we talked about our favorite characters we talked about our favorite heroes our favorite superheroes supervillains favorite teams favorite female characters all sorts of stuff uh, really popular show uh, great feedback from it and a lot of lot of listeners and uh, we were hoping again here tonight to have Paris on once again and and once again it didn't quite work out uh, uh, Paris uh, is an artist and therefore um like most artists is a, a bit of a unique personality right Brett oh absolutely he's um it, i i don't know i can't i don't know what to say about if him, they but, were uh, like us would we want to talk to them probably not i don't want to talk to you guys yeah there you go so so basically we um we decided here where we had a, a topic anyways that kind of based on the character study episode there and we thought we'd kind of go in the opposite direction and and talk about characters that are not our favorites are the ones that don't work for us because the character study one was a, a lot of great talk on, on characters but it also was kind of revealing for us and also just what makes a character work and what doesn't make it work and and uh, i think this will be kind of kind of the same thing and and uh, we'll see if it's as popular, if people like it as much. But, yeah, so tonight we're just going to be talking about the characters that, that we are not as into. It's, it's like I say, constructive criticism or, or kind of like why they don't work for us. And especially when they're a really, really popular or iconic character, which I'm sure some of the ones will be. Uh, Chris, um, so give me one that, that is a character that you just, you know, put it however you want. But give me a character here that would fit into, what, into the show topic. Sure. Um, I picked this one just because the, uh, Netflix keeps putting out rumors that this guy's going to get a show. And quite frankly, it scares the bejesus out of me. It will wreck the Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe. It will give it, give it a bad name. And I just don't want to see this comic book character make the jump. Moon Knight. Batman in all white. <laughs> The schizophrenic thing I don't think works in the comic. Um, having 
having multiple per personalities and having them not like each other doesn't really w work. Um, and it's the character I really don't like because uh, Warren Ellis just a couple years ago had a great run. I loved the comic. But even in that comic, I did not like the character. I liked the story they told. I liked how they told it. But I don't think the character works at all. And it just bugs me that, you know, this guy would have to get dry dry cleaning every freaking night. Because, <laughs> I mean, come on. Why? And, and not only that, but the thing is, he can't he can't save anybody after Labor Day. Because no. he's an all-white. And, and it's just not done. So, I mean, he can only be a hero for the first, you know, eight, eight months, uh, eight and a half months of the year. It's just, it's, it's, it's poor taste. I mean... I, I admit he looks cool until you, like, have him do anything. I think saying that he's going to ruin the Marvel Cinematic Universe might be a little strong. Well, but try to well, imagine the live-action version of that costume. <laughs> well, the, yeah, I mean, it would it would look probably pretty terrible the way they I don't do think it. there's a good version of that costume that you could do live-action. And it would make this, the universe seem sillier than it already is. Well, I did no, appreciate no. what what Marvel did with it when one Warren Ellis wrote it, like you say. Um, yeah, no, uh, the the white suit, just the white business suit and the mask. But even in that run, he he only wears that when he's out and about during the day. Yes, it's true, and and then he becomes Mister Knight. Yeah, but uh, and the funny thing about that series is that you know because Warren Ellis was on that for what was it four or five issues, mm -hmm. and then afterwards I forget which writer took over. Brian Wood took over for five issues, right? And and I mean I'm a big fan of Brian Wood, but that series went in the tank after after Warren Ellis left. Well, I, I call it a so the the Brian Wood. I've read them now and I enjoyed them, and then Colin Bunn took over, so I quit immediately. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of ultimately, but uh, uh, you know, and I think you're right about Moon Knight. I mean, he's he's one of those characters that that I think I want to like because I think he looks really cool, but he never successfully works in a comic book. You know, oh my they're... god, I just came out how to save him. We need the Stan Lee imagined Moon Knight. Oh. Just take him right back to the drawing board, throw the concept out there of a multiple personalities hero dressed in white. Because, well, I mean, it's... it's not the concept, it's just the execution somehow. I mean, the, I, the I don't know. I, I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't like him. You should go away. <laughs> <laughs> the multiple personality thing is is not was not something that was originally in the character, anyways. You know, um, he yeah, he's one of those characters, absolutely who who I want to like as well. I think he is super cool looking, especially in Night. And, and you, there's no denying the Batman uh, influences as far as you know in many ways. But yeah, I mean, I think he's just a super cool looking character. But the fact is, at the end of the day, this is a guy who like. <laughs> he's like a lot of really big name creators have had a run at this guy and it's never ever lasted like ever you know uh, so there's definitely something wrong there there's definitely something missing 
Uh, oh, I... You know what? This is not what this show is about, but I have to throw him out there because I want him back in the comic books, and I was just... I have to put it out in the universe. The sh- you guys remember the Shroud? Yep. Yes, yeah. Same costume as Moon Knight, except in black. <laughs> Similar. I love that guy. Somehow, somehow, I always think of Moon Knight. I, as you say the same costume. I always think cloak, you know, cloak and dagger. That's the guy who's the same costume but in black. But yeah, I mean, it's something, something to that, anyways. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, here's my first interaction with the character was in as he guest started an issue of uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, and I don't remember how, but he ends up in one of those water tanks, you know, that they they have on top of buildings, and he can't. I bet you could have seen his nipples. And yeah, he can't escape, and that's my introduction to this guy who's a hero. He, he gets in this water tank with some water, and he's like treading water and trying to get out. And Power Man and Iron Fist basically eventually discover him, get him out of or something like that. And I'm like, how lame a character do you have to be to spend twenty pages <laughs> sucking a water tank, and you expect <laughs> me to want to buy this guy? Like. Yeah, it's definitely something missing. I don't hate him, but I can definitely see why you'd say, like, I love the look. But I can definitely see why you'd say he's a guy who just doesn't work for you. Well, and here's one of the interesting things, right? If you look at his series publications, it's like Volume 1 of Moon Knight, 38 issues. You know, it's like, meh. Volume 2. I mean, that that was Doug Minch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that... At that time, he was king, and I mean, he's still king according to me. But I mean, <clears throat> but what I'm but what I'm getting at is volume one thirty eight, volume two is six, the Mark Specter, uh, Moon Knight is sixty, yeah, <laughs> volume three thirty, Vengeance of Moon Knight ten, volume four twelve, volume five seventeen, volume six ten. You know, the point is, is that this is a character that they keep trying with. And and Brad, it's worth noting that the one that got to 60 was in that early 90s boom period when they yes. weren't really canceling anything. No, that's right. When everything when, was selling like mad. Yeah, if you had a, a character that, it, you know, well, and, and remember, even then it was starting to tank. And that was when they had to bring Stephen Platt on to try to to try to pump it or, or Stephen Platt came end. on it to try to pump it up. And, oh, oh, which, oh, which, which actually worked, but he was only on one for one issue. They canceled it before. <laughs> You know his influence could be felt, but, but that he his work on that was terrible. Like worst artist ever on that book, but he was a hot artist. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's you know it's so interesting. But there, here's a guy who at this point you've got to say like there's no way that he can support. Like they have put everybody on this thing. Doesn't yeah, matter and, who. And here's somebody who's not one of my favorite characters who's like that. But let's face it, there's a lot of my characters that are favorite characters. Uh, Keith, who used to do the show with us, like, he loves Booster Gold. That guy is is he's the same thing. He can't support regularly his series, even though major people within DC love him and he has a cult following. It's like sometimes, sometimes there's just something missing. Like it's and and it's harder than ever to launch a new series. Yeah, I have well, with, with with Booster Gold, I would argue it's not the character as much as. Um, it's hard. To, it's a hard sell to get people to buy Booster Gold because, personally, I love the character, and there isn't a bad Booster Gold Gold comic. There really isn't. Every issue that has his name is excellent. 
So I don't. I, I think he's excellent. Hard to sell this. <laughs> I, I a little strong. You know, I mean, I agree that he's hard to sell to people, but then by that same token, I'll I'll agree that Moon Knight's hard to sell to people. You yeah, know? exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's like that same thing. There's just something missing. You don't know what it is. At least Booster Gold is great in a team setting. I don't know that Moon Knight's even that. I mean, no, I'd I'd actually say he gets worse. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, that Booster that Gold. that time he joined the West Coast Avengers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, not good. When Booster's on, he's on like super on super awesome yeah you know sure. when, when moon knight's on it you just don't notice it <laughs> right what's one for you well it, it's it's interesting um because and i know a lot of people there, there's that whole picking on him business um but to me uh when it comes to like the justice league you know it's this big team and ultimately it's aquaman i i, I don't get aquaman <laughs> I get the core concept of wanting to have a character which is, you know, who's, you know, in the sea and stuff like that. Like, Marvel has Namor, and, and ultimately, I don't have any f- great fondness for Namor either. But I just find that, that you know, these characters and the and it's the pompous nature of them and and the fact that, you know, when, when you do have that humor of like, oh, well, what do you do? You talk to fish. Oh, ho, ho. But I, th- I think maybe one of my ele- one of the elements that makes me love a character is when I can really relate to them. And sure, it's hard to relate to Superman, but at the same time, you can relate to a supporting cast. Well, I can't do that with Aquaman. <laughs> you know, oh, it's a bunch of mer people that live in Atlantis. Hmm. Yeah, I, but I don't think I like you say. I mean, maybe it's something about the underground character. Or the pompousness, or whatever. I mean, they're similar, you know, backgrounds. They're both kings, you know. I mean, Namor doesn't really, I don't, he, you know, another guy can't really sustain a series and no, no better. That's and, right. Like, like, but the thing is that the pompous thing for Aquaman, that what happened in the '90s when he couldn't, when people already didn't like him, and he couldn't sustain a series already over the years, and they decided they needed to give him more personality. That wasn't part of it. So even before that, like. No matter what they've done, you know, I mean, and again, it's, there's lots of characters that just can't sustain a book and, and, you know. Well, and okay, so here's Aquaman, volume, volume one, 63, volume two, four, volume three, five, volume four, 13, volume five. Those are those miniseries, those are miniseries. Sure, but they're still volumes. I mean, volume five, 77, volume six, 57, volume seven, 55, volume eight, but, you know, they're well, trying. By the time you get to volume eight, uh. They're trying. They're they're working hard. You know. Look up Namor. I'm really curious. I'm really. I am sure that like Namor will probably will obviously have less than that because I feel like Marvel doesn't try to give him series as much. No, definitely not as much. But I'd say he's just as prominently displayed as Aquaman or, or Vice. Oh, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, Actually, maybe you guys can explain something to me that I've never understood because I'm not I'm not an X Men fan. How did they try to incorporate him as the world's first mutant or something like that? Yeah, to you know give him a attachment to the Marvel universe, to the X universe, and try and boost his sales based off that. And that was yeah. I mean, I think they first started that during the the burn early '90s run. I think is where that first came up. I thought it was a great idea. Yeah, I thought that was really brilliant. 
You know? I, yeah. I, it's just, every, every time I would see him with the X-Men, it's like, Ew, he's a fan-fantastic four guy. Um, and I think of him as an Avengers guy. Well, and yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's part of the problem, though, isn't it, right? Is that he's one of those guys, like, the thing about Aquaman, he's a, he's a Justice Leaguer. That's the yeah. way it is. When you look at Namor, oh, is he an X-Man? Maybe. Is he a Fantastic Four guy? Maybe. Is he an Avenger? Sure, sometimes. You know, you know, yeah, but you're never going to get Aquaman and the Outsiders. No, no, no. Well, that's probably... I, I'd actually uh, argue that Submariner works, or Submariner, I've heard it said as well, which bugs which the bizarre out of me. Namor. Really terrible. Um, he... he I think he works as he was originally intended. He's a villain. We should use him as a villain rather than... He was not originally intended that way because he first showed up in the in the 40s fighting Hitler. Come on. Yeah. That's and right. Oh, you're right. Uh, see, I was thinking about that whole 32-issue series, uh, Marvel's supervillain team-up. Ah. Where he, he had a book with Doctor Doom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, and, that's I mean, true. early appearances in the Marvel, Marvel Universe, he was definitely the villain against the uh, Fantastic Four, although a sympathetic one. Yeah, a sympathetic one, certainly. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, Namor's had less series than Aquaman. And the truth is, is that since, it, from what I can see here, I mean, he since the his last ongoing series, Namor, the first mutant in 2011, which was cancelled after less than a year, they've not put him into his own series. They've basically dumped him into the Defenders and New Avengers, the Illuminati, stuff Is like that. So, like, Maybe that's it. <laughs> well, just one more. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to, man, the Defenders, now, if, if there was a super team that that you just feel bad for, I think it's the Defenders. Probably, yeah. Like, if there's one super team where you're just like, man, I want to like them, but because it's all the, it's all these, like, hard luck heroes to a certain degree, like, yeah, we don't really have room for this, for these heroes in, in regular books or in their own books. We need to shuffle them out. We need a place to put them. Let's put them in the Defenders. There he is, Silver Surfer and, and Hulk and, uh, Doctor Strange and and it's it's one of those things. It's a super cool name. It's just like it just you know what it is. It's that they're the last superhero team when you just feel like, but we got enough. We got we got Fantastic Four. We got X Men. We got Avengers. They got the planet covered. Like, <laughs> well, and and it always seems like they're the, the like the Defenders are the last of the party. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that was you know was what, really but cool that's what I kind of like about the Defenders. Is they are the leftovers, but but that's the thing is that that was really parodied by Mark Miller in the in the um, defenders showing up in the what do you call it the uh, the um, uh, universe the Marvel da, 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 da. oh the Ultimate Universe yes thank you the Ultimate Universe I wanted to say the Unlimited Universe it was almost the, <laughs> in the Marvel Un- Ultimate Universe where they show up in in uh, I think it's the second volume of the Ultimates and. Uh, like they're 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 just like a bunch of dorks and a bunch of guys who are like just a bunch of posers, people with costumes and no powers and are just trying to look cool. They even one of the guy somebody even says to Damien Hellstorm, "Are you really, are you really Satan's son?" And he uh, and he just looks at the guy and goes, "What are you kidding me?" Like, you know. So I mean, they became their own joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at least they have the joke. I mean, I, I'm saving my pity for the champions. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. they don't even have a likable character that fits in a team on their team. The best thing that you can say about the the champions is the, is they got Iceman and 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 Angel, and they sort of have a relationship before the series. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> champions and Goldfinger looks cool, but around. does he fit on a <laughs> team ever? No, but Defenders have been around a lot more. I mean, and and Iceman and Angel have been part of the Defenders as well. Well, and and what did the like the champions lasted what seventeen issues? Yeah, and have they actually come back? Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, none 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 of the originals have come back to the champion. No, no, you know it's it's funny, right? You know some of the the way that these characters get put together, and it's really interesting the fact that. With the X Men, there's there is this constant need to shuffle the original X Men out, but they're good enough characters that you need to put them somewhere. But they're not good enough characters that you want to keep them in the egg. That for a while you wanted to keep them in the X Men. And the only guy out of there who's been able to sustain his own book is Wolverine, obviously. And Wolverine, by the way, would be like one of my choices. Yeah, uh, for a character that just doesn't doesn't work for me, and it was an overall rule. I've I've never been a huge X Men fan. Like as an overall rule, I, there's been times where I, I think that's excellent, and I read the storyline, but I never love the characters any of them enough to go really. I just that's the one I'm going to go back to, and I'm going to read that first or whatever. They never, I've never been that way. But Wolverine for me is like he's a mega popular character, and I've never really kind of gotten. Well, I guess if I mean if you look at the characters that I list as my favorite characters, I'm not really into the the really, I'm not generally into the overly tortured soul or the really violent characters like it, you know uh, the characters that kill or just yeah like a, they're not kind of my thing, and Wolverine is I I've never really understood why people find him so relatable because to me he's he's not overly relatable. Well, it's funny because I just read a Wolverine and Typhoid story from Marvel Comics Presents, written by Anne Nascenti. And it was so weird because you mentioned like a character that kills. And throughout this entire um, run of, I think it was eight issues in Marvel Comics Presents, so whatever that winds up being, like four comics worth of miniseries, basically. Uh, was that eight pages or is it 16? Probably eight. Uh, I think I think they were ten actually each, but the point is is that throughout the whole thing he just kept saying like, oh you know like he it was broody broody, um, oh I could kill you but I'm not a killer I don't do that, and and it's just like well but you do sometimes but <laughs> you know but yeah. you're not doing it this time like like he's ah, I think my biggest problem with Wolverine is just that. For a long time in the '90s period, and, and to a certain degree even now, he's was so overused. He was just a character that it's like, oh, you needed to boost your sales. All right, pull out Wolverine. He's he'll do that. Oh, so definitely. I mean, he he's the 13 year old boy male <laughs> fantasy pu- pubescent the pu- puberty character you know you're getting hair you're a little bit short you're weird <clears throat> and you're mad at everything and i mean i i dug that character for a long time but you know the 90s did kill the character for me but 
it's over. I think it's overexposure rather than a, a flaw in the character. I think one other thing was for me was it. It was just that anti-establishment thing. This is the guy that everybody thinks is. It was like when there's a band that everybody thinks is cool, so you don't like them just so you can be cool by not liking them. I think there was some of that for me. No, and and I think that's totally fair. I mean, that that's not to say there isn't amazing Wolverine books. There is absolutely. absolutely. There's ones that I love because there's I, I, I will, that character. You need a character like that with that background or with that that attitude. There's times when when he can enhance things or the storyline is right for it. But as a general rule, like I say, I mean, I'm not going to read all of his books, you know, looking for that. It's more like I'm going to. If somebody tells me this one was great, then I'll check it out. But I'm not going to go out of the way to. I'm not going to be out there first, you know, you know, front of the front of the line getting his stuff. No, no. I do love where the character sort of ended off and uh, ended off. Well, we're talking with a death here, so and, and is now <clears throat> how he progressed from that angry loner in the '90s until. Uh, his death, where he was more of a father figure in the X-Men universe. But, I, but even then, that is like, because of the nature of the uh, Marvel Universe, yeah, I mean, he was that to some degree, but then he was also in 47 books, and he wasn't that in all of them. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, inconsistencies were there, but when you have that many books, it's kind of hard. Um, and, and, I, I, I just I like the fact right. he's the only one in the Marvel Universe that seems to have aged. And, well, and, but I do like the, along their story arc. I do want to say I do like the Hugh Jackman Wolverine character for the you know for the first couple of movies for sure. You know, and there's been points. But I you think don't he, like he has blue eyes in the comics now, so yeah. Well, <laughs> Hugh Jackman. No, but he has. He's really. He's very. Uh, he's, he's a good actor. He definitely gets the character. I think he's put on excellent performances. So probably because I find him likable in that character, I've liked that character in some ways more than the one in the comic books, but. I'm really not sure about this upcoming Wolverine movie. I'm really not sure about an R-rated Wolverine movie if this is the right direction. I think it's an interesting experiment, you know, because it's not Deadpool uh, to see if a mainstream character will be in in a movie. This is a hard R. Will this will this take off? But but uh, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. But as a general rule, have like that that take on the character. I I would have felt robbed if we did not get the R-rated. Uh, Wolverine. I mean, this is Hugh Jackman's last kick of the cat. Um, it's time to throw everything against the wall. If we never got an R-rated Wolverine, which, I mean, he's a violent character he probably needs, I, I want to see it. I'm not saying it's going to be good. I just, I would have felt robbed if we never got it. I, I, all I can tell you is the Marvel Max Wolverine series that I tried was, for me, one of the worst Wolverines I've ever read. Oh, there were horrendous Wolverine runs. Horrendous. I mean, I'm the only one person in the universe that seems to really dislike uh, Origin uh, when they decided to tell us all the mysteries behind Wolverine. But <laughs> Or James Howlett or Logan or yeah, whatever his name is this week. Yeah, yeah that's, that's another thing is that oh, for years I think that was a big part of his appeal. So I kind of figured when they did do that 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 would hurt the character's popularity, but it didn't. So, you know. I think they were in a, just in a habit of publishing so many Wolverine books, they forgot to cancel four of them. <laughs> I, yeah. That could very well be true. All yeah. I know is that for years I felt like a bad Canadian because I didn't like Wolverine. 
it's okay. You can ju- you can still like Puck like me and be Canadian. Yeah. Well, I love Puck. Yeah, you yeah. gotta love Puck. That's totally fair. Yes. <laughs> you know another one me that uh, Brett had mentioned uh, Superman said he's not relatable. Then I, I totally disagree with that. Like here's here's another example of a character that for me just doesn't work, and that's Wonder Woman. And uh, I mean, I've I've read some series that again are good, but I just can never relate to the character and never get it. And I think she's super important, and she feels regal. She feels like a, a queen, and to me, everything to me, and all that, and you know. But the fact is, at the end of the day, this is somebody who is super powerful, super beautiful, was raised on an island without any men, by by surrounded by just women, where Superman came from a farmer's. Mother, father, not very, not a lot of money, hard work, went to school, played football, was, you know, like to me, that's a relatable character. He just happens to be an alien and super powered, but there's all this stuff about him that's very human and I can, I can grab onto. He's just more powerful. Whereas with Diana, she's very powerful about equal without all that stuff I can grab onto. I've never been able to, probably my favorite was as a kid was watching the Wonder Woman live action series with with Diana, uh, what's her name? Diana Diana Carter. What's what's her, what's her name? No, uh, Linda Carter. Linda Carter. Thank you, Linda Carter. Yeah, that might have been my favorite Wonder Woman. And like I was a kid, and I think it was just cool to have an actual superhero on TV because back then it didn't happen, you know. So like I, I do no no not, no no. You liked her just because I did. She was super hot. Dude, I was like six. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> but I, I, I remember having discussions with my mother not knowing uh, what was going on just being obsessed with Wonder Woman's white teeth stop Chris stop please stop no no, no. She, I always thought she had a very pretty smile and <laughs> I, I loved her man that sounded creepy <laughs> yeah but yeah I think Superman is a super relatable character though you know, for all those reasons, and Wonder Woman is not, and I just, I just never. It's like, why am I supposed to like her? What's, you know, I don't know. She just, she's important, but she's not necessarily. Doesn't mean she necessarily works for me. Well, one of the things that I find interesting is that there's characters that I think you like at one point, and then something happens to them, and everything that you did appreciate about the character, or, or even if you didn't mind the character, the, it totally changes, and from that moment, it's like they've completely ruined the character. The guy that I'm thinking of in this case is Jason Todd. Like, it was one thing when he was Robin, and it was perfectly fine when he was dead. But when they brought him back as the Red Hood, and then and then especially into like Red Hood and the Outlaws and stuff like that, it's this character that it's just like, oh, man, there is absolutely no redeeming qualities about you. You're now just a douchebag. <laughs> and, I, and I, I think not being written by Scott Lobdell would be. When they brought him back, I love that storyline and I loved it when they brought him back and he was a villain. It was when he became yeah, the Red Hood, and the outlaws, when he became kind of got back into the Batman good gracious and, and all this stuff. That's when it stopped working for me. And there's no question that I, you know, there's a character that at that moment, I don't like them. You know, I don't like him anymore. 
Well, nobody liked him as Robin anyways. They never wanted you to like him. Yeah, no. And, they, wanted that's keep, they wanted to kill him off. They wanted to create that drama for, for Bruce Wayne. You know, which is one of that, that was my biggest reason with him coming back is that's the biggest thing is that this was such a, a pivotal moment that gave great depth and a lot of storylines going on for the guilt and all this stuff from Bruce Wayne. And you, you take that away. Right. So I, I hate it when they do that type of thing. But as far as the actual storyline and, and the character when he first came back, I really dug that. No, and I and I'll agree with you on that case. It's what they did to him after that, that making him a hero and making him not a very good hero. I agree. <laughs> I'll also suggest another another character. Now, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of the uh, of the characters that came the, that are like Blue Beetle and and uh, the shoot, what's the Charlton the Charlton characters like the yes, question yes. and stuff like that. But the but. In this case, two characters that annoy me that are that are from that. Number one is going to be Captain Adam. There's I knew a guy that, that, and I was like, "Don't say Captain Adam. <laughs> Don't say Captain Adam." I he just doesn't work for me. And then I'll say the the new Blue Beetle doesn't work for me either. And I agree with that. And it's just because it feels the new Blue Beetle especially feels so forced to me that. I just can't get into it. Like I love Ted Court. I loved his Everyman. I loved when he was fat and funny. I love him with Booster Gold. I love that. Like, and maybe that's the problem with the new Blue Beetle is that I love the Ted Court Blue Beetle so much that when they bring him back as somebody else, it's like, oh, well, you're not Ted Court, so. I, I, I was going to say, I, I don't think you have a problem with uh, Jamie Reyes per se. If he wasn't the Blue Beetle, you'd probably like him. Yeah, yeah. I it, Like if Jaime Reyes is... Costume and the, the Scarab thing, all that stuff's kind of lame. It, it is. I mean, the Scarab thing is, is like a throwback, but, but like, you know, Jaime himself, no. I mean, if Jaime Reyes is the the interloper, you know, whatever, like just some random new character, that's perfectly fine. But yeah... As the Blue Beetle, it any I it would be anybody, and I probably wouldn't like them. Ah, uh, talking about the Charlton. Why the hell have they never given Isn't Gino Mandra a chance? Isn't Ted Cord back? Yeah, he's in Rebirth. He's starring alongside. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's the two of them together, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I remember reading that. It's kind of one of those things that kind of phase together. But yeah, I mean, he is back. It's like you say, it's the two of them together. That's kind of weird, still. But at least they're trying. Yeah, no, and and I appreciate that for sure. Chris, you got another one? Um, yeah, no, I I thought we had Skype drop out there. Um, <laughs> no way, Chris. How about this? Uh, the filler of the Avengers. Pardon me. Wasp. Ooh, Wasp. Why the hell is she even there? She's on a whole lot of Avengers teams. There's no reason for her to be there. I think it's because she's reached that point where she's almost grandfathered into the Avengers, where it's it's like, yeah, there's no, there's no other place for her. So because she can't, she's not going to be able to sell a book on her own. She doesn't work with many other characters. So where does she work best? The Avengers. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that's a really good choice, Chris. And the thing about the character like this is. They're a character created for that team for the sole purpose of we need a female character. And then early on, to some degree, she's a female character, damsel in distress. And for many, many years, she's around without needing a lot of characterization 
or personality put into her because she fills the role of just being a, a female written by the guys writing the comic. And, and so she never gets fully developed. And then later on, somebody decides they have to develop her and create a personality, and it becomes very forced once again. And then nothing ever really clicks, and the character isn't around because she's popular and liked in the first place and because the personality worked or whatever. She's around in the first place because she was filling a role that they decided they needed. And so she's not, like, what's what's the hook? Yeah, I, actually, I don't think I even dislike the Wasp. It's just that we only, in a good Avengers comic, I, I think you only have space for six characters, and she's the one who's sucking up space. <laughs> just... I just want somebody else in her role. There are times when I think she's been she's been good. Like there, there's a couple of times when she's led the Avengers, like there in that '90s Avengers run, and and I thought she worked really well in that in that situation with the Avengers that she had. But the truth is, is that there's other Avengers that you know she's on the team with sometimes, and she can easily get marginalized. <laughs> See, for me, actually, Brent, that's one of the cases of, hey, we need to develop this character. Let's make her the leader, and that'll do right. it. And it's it's not. It, to me, it's not organic. It's forced. No, and that, and that's, uh, and that is fair. I mean, when... Yeah, well, this it, is a it, rich, beautiful like woman. What, the, the, I mean, that's a really difficult character to make relatable to the average comic book man, fan yes. growing up, uh, male or female, you know? Yeah, no, and as far as that run where she became a leader, she spent a lot of time just deferring to Captain America in that entire era. Which is almost insulting. Yes, yeah. yes, it's true. Yeah, I mean, when she's when she was leading and she was interesting, I found her okay. But you're right. I mean, there there were a lot of poor moments in that run. The art was great, though. Oh, for sure. Steve Epting was great. He still is. That's right. How about uh, any further teams or villains that don't work for you guys? Villains are interesting. <laughs> I mean, because, of course, you're not supposed to like them. But, uh, but yeah, who are the villains that I, that I don't like? That's a good question. Um, I'll, I'll throw out uh, the rhino, but I just let it, don't like him because there's no bigger filler uh, villain. You know it's a one-off or uh, the lead into an adventure whenever he shows up. Why not throw somebody interesting in there instead? The, the, one, the one time he was ever interesting was back when he was trying to get out of the costume, but kind of being blackmailed into staying in it and and having to, yeah, having to do crimes. And that was kind of like when he had had enough and wanted to get out of it, but he was crafted to it and couldn't figure a way out and was stuck. Like, that's the only time I've ever found that character interesting. I'd agree he's, he's, he's a villain of the week type character. Yeah, I think that is the problem. The problem with the villains, especially in the case of these small villains, is that you look at them and yeah, they show up a lot. Like they're they're recognizable, but then you also like there's nothing to them. You know, they they try, but I mean, what are they? What's the what's the end result? Getting a rhino series? 
no, that doesn't seem likely. But uh, so I think it's really hard to to make more. You just have to hope that you've kind of hit hit it with that with that villain and Rhino isn't that guy. I mean, you know, I can mention uh, I can mention Blood Axe, the uh, the, the villain from from Thunderstrike. You know, and speaking of a character that that maybe isn't uh, isn't that good, but that whole it's that whole idea almost of the reason why we did the show is like everything that has to do with Thunderstrike. When, when you talk about like I love the the reason that Thunderstrike existed in the first place is Thor. But then once they spun him off and you're like, oh really do we need another Thor that's kinda sucky? And then you give Blood Axe this terrible villain and it's suddenly you know, you're you're almost making a joke out of everything that's good about, potentially good about comics, especially Thor comics. You know, I'd actually like to see Blood Axe come back just on the basis of he was so 90s, I would just love to see a modern reinterpretation. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's no question about that. I mean, Because, I mean, he, he could have been called Mr. 90s. Just... <laughs> Man, and, and that's the funny thing. Like, we're not even talking about, about Rob Liefeld villains at this point. Yet, he was a guy who could have been a Rob Liefeld villain. Oh, yeah. Even the name, right? Blood Axe. Oh, yeah. Like, back in the 90s, everything had death or blood in it. Like, every character that came out had death or blood worked into their name in some way. And uh, he's just a perfect example of that. Like, very 90s. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I have to admit, I kind of like Thunderstrike, though, and the Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends, and just kind of, I found it fun, but it, it it went too long. Yeah, I think the idea the idea at the beginning was fine, but it just it just it went too long. It went too long. There was just there wasn't enough that they could do with it. One of the nice things about that series, though, that I liked was that it had an East Indian uh, female character uh, who that uh, I believe he worked for, and. Uh, to this day, we still don't have enough diversity in comics in that way. So that was cool. That was one of the things that actually stuck out about me, about that book, which doesn't say much about the lead character, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, that was some, one thing that I liked. And um, But yeah, I, I, you know, outside of Brainiac and, uh, and, and Lex Luthor, I'm not really sure any Superman villain really works for me all that well. What, you're not a, you're not a parasite backer? <laughs> it's one of those things where you know what I think I've seen one of the problems I have with the characters is characters like Parasite is a perfect example where I've seen him so many times and so many different interpretations and I might like one out of the ten but there's ten different takes on him that it's like he's overall not working for me and it's like and it's it feels like they can never quite settle down on him or um Metallo's another one who's had, you know, some really wildly different takes for no reason. <laughs> and, you know, like, like I don't know. It's, it's just kind of, yeah, like, uh, he, Superman definitely for a while did suffer from the villain of the week type mentality being thrown at him. And I think his rogues gallery kind of, it doesn't have the character of like a Batman's, right? No, no. I mean, they're recognizable, sure, but, uh, but I don't know that they're quite the same character. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that Superman's not a character you brought up, Chris, because you've mentioned before that you don't like him so much. So, Well, I was thinking about it, and I think 
Superman's a character that that I don't think I have a problem with the character. I think I have a, a problem with the book because of the reasons you mentioned. He has no rogues gallery. And for me, that that's what comic books are sort of about is the adventure. And if you're bored by all his villains and you have a character that is just too perfect... I mean, unlike you, I like the grim and gritty, and when it gets too sunshine and light, I'm out. Uh, that combined with a rogues gallery of boring characters, um, yeah, I, but I don't think I can honestly, if I was being completely honest, say I hate Superman. It's just that I don't want to read his book. Yeah, I get that, yeah. I get that. Ooh, there's a character that I just remembered that I can't believe I forgot up to this point that that I've never really appreciated any incarnation of him. Wonder Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a guy where it's just like, oh, you know, let's put him in the West Coast Avengers. Oh, no, he sucks there. Let's put him someplace else. He's a stuntman, you know? Yeah, he's, he's, he's Hollywood. It's honestly, it's it's... it's Probably that Wonder Man, the, the iconic, you know, what red sweater or whatever, and sunglasses. It probably is the lamest costume <laughs> in comic book history. No, no the just lamest costume ever is, like, belongs to Wonder Man, though, and it's not that one. Oh, is it the green one? <laughs> it's the green one that was written out of the series. Awful, the but... issue after it was uh, uh, introduced, because as soon as the people saw it, they went. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, it was so it was green and was it orange or red? Just a big W. It, I think it was orange. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to say orange. Uh, no, it, it, it was red because he was okay. trying to was ape his brother's yeah. the vision. That's right. Uh, <laughs> costume. His dad. And they moved his brother. jets from his hips to his back. Oh so yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. I, I just remember reading that issue and going, oh my god, what's going on? Well, because he was like the worst villain anyways, because because that was, uh, I think he became a villain in the Avengers during the Steve Englehart run. And, yeah, like, it was just one of those, ooh, immediately he's introduced and immediately he's like, ooh, I'm a torn supervillain. Ah, <laughs> ah. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, really? I'm I'm already bored with you. And then they make him a hero, and suddenly it's just like, oh, oh Wonder Man, yeah. Hey, <laughs> he, he was a great straight man for the Beast, man. I'll give you that. Still awful, two awful outfits. You know what? Uh, that's actually an interesting one, though. Now we're talking about the look of a character. That's a whole other thing. You know what we should do is talk character designs, and we should do it with a couple artists who can really lay it down to us what makes one bad and what makes one good. I mean, thinking, hearing what we think about a bad character design is one thing, but hearing somebody who actually designs characters and works in comics, that would be a whole other. I would, I would love to do that. I would, if they would actually say anything. They, would, they probably wouldn't. Yeah, you, you, be careful. You, yeah, I mean, if they want to work for Marvel, maybe not. But if they don't, <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody out there who we can talk to. I'm sure there's somebody out there. I wonder what Paul Galassi is. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll tweet that, mother. <laughs> oh, that, 
<laughs> oh, I love Paul. All right, guys. I, I think that's about it. I think we're about ready to go OUT in this sucker. Any, any last things you want to say? Anybody else? I, I got one character that you wrecked for me. Uh, Mo? <laughs> I wrecked for you? you? You wrecked it for me because I never realized how stupid he was until you said his name aloud because I it never registered. The pl- Plunderer. <laughs> oh, that's great! That's great. Because you don't notice those things sometimes when you're just reading a quick comic book of appearance, and it never dawned on me to say it out loud. And then when you pointed out there's an extra er on the name, oh my god! It's like oh my god! Do that character has tricked me. He's kind of stupid anyway. When did I do but that, he, Chris? He, he took a jump up in uh, in unpopularity uh, w- once I read him after uh, after you had said his name aloud and it dawned on me. No, when did I do that? When was that? Probably two years ago. It was right. <laughs> it was. It was right when the Mighty Avengers first appeared. Uh, uh, the Luke Cage led team. Oh, because boy. I, I remember not like when you mentioned it. I went. Because I didn't remember him, uh, because uh, I never actually, you know, it's a he's a fairly generic, uh, generic villain, not worth so hate, not name. worth liking. Yeah. And then you mentioned his name aloud, and I was like, "Who's that?" And then I like picked up a comic like the next day, and it was the Plunderer. I remember this guy. <laughs> How could I not have noticed? That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Emperor's new shoes phenomenon, or something. Tremendous. All right. And with that, find us at We Talk Podcasts on Twitter and then uh, tweet us uh, any thoughts that you have on tonight if you think there's anything. And other than that, uh, we're on, uh, hey, guess what? On We Talk Podcast website and uh, about a billion different other sites where you might be listening to this. And, uh, you know, feel free and leave us a positive review. <laughs> <laughs> or even a negative review. Whatever. Yeah, feel free to leave us a negative review as long as it's funny. <laughs> Yeah. And with that, I think we're done, guys. Yeah, next week we'll be back with uh, with the Rob Liefeld characters that we don't like. <laughs> we're going to need a two-hour show. Uh, yeah, yeah, I might have to read a Rob, uh, Rob Liefeld comic. Well, that seems extreme. <laughs> I, I don't like need right one. This will be my last. This will be my last show. If that's <laughs> what we have to do. Uh Hi, right, good night, folks.